Day 1, May 6, 2019, Tacoma, Washington. The adventure begins. You ever wake up in the morning and ask yourself, what am I doing? And more importantly, why? Yeah, me too. Hi, my name is Craig, and this is my story. A story about life, life out there. For visuals while listening, search Life Out There on your favorite social media platform or use the links in the podcast description. Hello, my name's Craig, and this is my podcast, Life Out There. So uh, let's just get those burning questions of yours out of the way, right out of the gate. Craig, who the hell am I? And a podcast? Yeah, good questions. Who the hell am I? I'm just a guy. I'm a guy like you. A guy that spent his entire life just following the rules. You know, be a good kid, respect your elders, do unto others, be seen and not heard. Yup, I'm a boomer. Get good grades, better your education, get a job, make good money, get a better job, make more money. Just following the rules. Playing from the playbook, you know, societal norms. Until, whoa, whoa, wait. Except for that whole, you know, one big rule about meet someone, fall in love, get married, have babies, babies have babies, holidays at the end. No, I skipped all that. Talk more about that later, maybe. But in all other aspects just following the rules. Until one day when I thought, no, I don't want to follow the rules. This is stupid. I remember it like it was yesterday. 17th day straight, no day off, dragging my ass out of bed at 4.30 in the morning, all the way to work thinking, what are you doing? And why? Is, is this really your plan? You're going to do this for the next 20 or so years. So you can stuff a bunch of money in the bank, retire, live out your golden years, and then have fun? I'm assuming that in 20 years I'm even able, willing, have the energy, have the want to, hell, assuming I'm even still alive. Then I'm going to go have fun? Mm, nah. I'm going to go have fun now. Sell everything. Buy an old RV. Pack the dog, the cat, and all my worldly possessions into that old RV a car up behind it and hit the road. I guess I had decided that I no longer wanted to have stuff. I wanted to do stuff, see stuff, experience stuff. And this is that story. It's basically me reading from my journal in a blog. As I record this first episode, I'm 1,692 days in. Yup, Coming on five years into this adventure, I've seen 34 states, some 148 blog entries, countless random thoughts, and clocked over 33,000 miles on this old RV. And yet, I feel like I'm just getting started. And why a podcast? Mm, probably just me thinking ahead, maybe even being a little bit lazy. See, I was recently introduced to podcasts by some friends at work. They, uh, wait, wait. I knew about podcasts. I, I knew they existed. I just hadn't paid any attention to them. Certainly hadn't listened to any. 
But as I listened to these recommendations and started discovering podcasts on my own, I also began to think, well, wait a minute, this is way easier, way easier than journaling and blogging like I had been doing, at least for me. I can pick up my phone or plug a microphone into my laptop and start recording. The reality is, I think I'm picturing old me, 20 or so years from now, when I might want to remember, reminisce about where I was, what I was doing, who I was doing it with, and why I was doing it, what was in my head, and what was going on in the world. Way easier to just open this thing up and let me tell me about where I was and what I was doing, who I was doing it with, why I was doing it, what was in my head, and what was going on in the world. Certainly easier than old me grunting up out of a recliner to find the damn pair of glasses or magnifying glass that I had lost again, and then try to read some blog post I wrote 20 years ago. And there you have it. Craig has a podcast. Ta-da! Oh, and one other thing. I did mention, right, that there's a dog and a cat in here with me. Interruptions and strange noises? They're not just likely. They're probable. Damn little chatterbox Billy, that's the cat, has impeccable timing when deciding it's time for him to be the center of the universe. So there's that. And with all that said, I guess I should probably just start at the beginning, where this whole adventure started. Tacoma, Washington. I almost can't believe I've done it. Handed the keys to the house over to the new owner, introduced him to all the neighbors, sitting in the driveway thinking about what direction to go. But preparing to leave this place, it's kind of hard not to reflect back over the fact that I've spent the last 23 years of my life here. And I should put that in perspective. For many, maybe even most, spending half of your life in the same place is not a big deal. Maybe even normal. I don't know. But for me, not so normal. A little while back, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine. We were talking about how much we both had moved around in life. And we decided we'd make a list of all the places that we had lived from birth to present. My buddy had grown up a Navy brat, so his family moved around a lot. A couple minutes later, he'd written down 12 places. Wow, and pretty impressive too, considering four different countries and five states were involved. Me, I was still writing. And a couple minutes after that, I counted 22 different places. Thinking, dang, I... I moved around a lot. I was also thinking, wow, for a guy like me to spend 23 years in the same place, that's got to be a pretty special place. And you know what? It is. So let's just start with the Puget Sound in general. An incredibly beautiful geologic wonder that was formed, depending on where you read, some 10 to maybe even 50 million years ago. The result of land masses or plates shifting and crunching into one another combined with prehistoric glacial activity cutting deep into the North American continent where what is now Washington State. The result is a saltwater inlet that spans over a thousand square miles of water surface, over 1,300 miles of coastline, and has a span of a hundred miles from Deception Pass in the north to Olympia, the state capital, at the south end. And it's stunning. The area was first discovered by the British in the late 1700s and named for a British naval officer. The Brits 
as they did back in the day, claimed it as their own. It would remain a British territory until the mid-1800s, when the Oregon Treaty was signed, making it a territory of the United States. A few decades later, Washington was granted statehood, and here we are. We now know that some 5,000 years before the British got here, the area had been inhabited by multiple Native American tribes. And as beautiful as it is to view from any of the coastline, one of my favorite adventures will always be hopping on the boat for a day, a weekend, or even a week for a trip to the San Juans and back. It just doesn't get much better, for me anyway, than a day on the Puget Sound. Oh, and fun fact, the Puget Sound is the second largest estuary in the U.S., second only to the Chesapeake Bay on the East Coast. So, my adventure in Washington began in 1996 when I transferred to the area with a job. Bought a little place in an area called Lake Bay, Washington. Lake Bay is this sleepy little rural community on the southern end of the Key Peninsula, 17 miles or so southwest-ish of Gig Harbor. On a map, it's just two miles across the water from the Key Peninsula to Olympia. If you want to get to Olympia and you don't have a boat, then you got to get in the car and drive for about an hour around the water. I had no idea the adventure this place would offer, not to mention the lifelong friends I'd make here. Like so many areas in this part of the country, Lake Bay was born out of a thriving logging industry in the 1800s. But unique to this area, it began to transition in the 1900s into a small resort community for Seattle and Tacoma residents looking for a getaway. At the time, the only access to the area was via boat, making it pretty exclusive and attractive to the affluent of the time. In fact, the property I purchased had been one of those cabin retreats for one of those Seattle couples all throughout the 60s and into the 70s. Things in the area would begin to transition again when the state built the first Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Sadly, less than five months after it opened, it would be nicknamed Galloping Gertie. You can check out footage online, but the nickname resulted out of a 80-mile-an-hour windstorm, crashing down, pummeling it back into the Puget Sound. And the area would have to wait nearly a decade for its replacement to open. But that bridge literally opened up a whole new era and growth for the entire peninsula. It was 2002 when I decided I needed to cut my commute time a little bit, so I rented the place out in Gig Harbor and moved to or excuse me, I rented the place out in Lake Bay and moved to Gig Harbor. Not unlike Lake Bay, Gig Harbor came with a pretty rich history of its own. The harbor itself was discovered in the mid-1800s by the Wilkes Expedition. The expedition was looking for shelter during a storm when they came across the well-hidden entrance to the harbor. The harbor's tucked way back into the Puget Sound. The harbor would later be named for the type of vessel that the expedition was using, which at the time was called a captain's gig. Upon their arrival, the expedition encountered members of the Puyallup tribe who had maintained a base camp at the head of the harbor for literally centuries, relying on the waters of the harbor for transportation and fishing. There's so much more, but there's a super cool museum in Gig Harbor called the Harbor History Museum. It details the steady growth and activity in the area from its discovery to present day. 
The entire area's popularity has grown out of the combination of seclusion and beauty combined with the fact that Tacoma and Seattle are well within reach. Thanks to the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, and now there's two of them, and multiple access points via the Washington State ferry system. For me, the popularity of the area is obvious in the population numbers. When I moved to Washington, Gig Harbor had a population of just over 5K, and only two exits off Highway 16. Any other access was via water or a couple of back roads. As I leave Washington, the population of Gig Harbor is nearing 11,000 people. A major freeway expansion done during the building of the second Narrows Bridge, technically third Narrows Bridge, I guess, but the first one's still underwater, so two bridges. That freeway expansion provided four exits from the freeway and nearly doubled the town's growth in just the last decade. It's clear that folks want to live here, and it takes little more than a walk around the harbor to figure out why. Speaking of that second Narrows Bridge, that's what spurred my move to Tacoma. The bridge was scheduled to open in July of 2007, and it was going to be a toll bridge. So I did some quick math and decided I didn't want to spend almost $1,000 a year to drive across a bridge and go to work. So, rented out the house in Gig Harbor and found a little house in Tacoma, where my Tacoma adventure would begin. Uh, that house on B Street. The house I would never finish. Another one of those great life lessons that it took this thick-headed nutball three shots at to learn. If I ever walk into a house and think, this'd be really cool if, I should really just turn around and walk out of that house. In my experience, Achieving that if is a tough thing to do when living in, working in, and trying to create the perfect home all at the same time. And I'm not going to lie, this I was pretty anxious, even skeptical, about this move to Tacoma. I'd spent my entire time in Washington focusing on staying away from big cities. My time in California and Hawaii had taught me that I hadn't really appreciated growing up in small-town America. I was that stereotypical kid that spent his entire life waiting for the day I could leave home, which I did the day after I graduated high school, and head for the big city. By the time I got to Washington, I had spent 14 years in nothing but big cities, starting in Eugene, and they only got bigger, Honolulu, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Work trips to Chicago, Phoenix, Miami, vacations to New York, London, Dublin. I was big cityed out. So the thought of moving to a city with just over 180,000 people, granted no Los Angeles, but it was big enough to be a little scary. But I gotta say, my little house on B Street and the Emerald City, Tacoma's nickname quickly put those concerns to rest. Tacoma at the time, for me anyway, had managed to strike the perfect balance between small community life and just enough big city to put most everything within reach. And if Tacoma didn't have it, 30 or 40 miles up the road, Seattle probably did. The internet was just taking off, so if I needed a mall, had several to choose from. Want to go to a comedy club? Check. Want to go to a movie? Take your pick. 
I remember how many theaters there are around here. Want to check out an awesome meal in a restaurant with incredible views of the city or even down on the waterfront? Check. A walk down the hill on a summer day for a cup of coffee and a walk around the pier. Check out the glass museum. Check. I could sit on my back deck and watch the barges come in and out of the port of Tacoma, the nation's eighth busiest seaport. I could also see the top of the Tacoma Dome from that same deck, one of the largest wooden dome structures in the world, 150 feet tall with a seating capacity of over 23,000. And I can't count the number of concerts, car shows, home shows I went to at the T-Dome. I could also walk to the LeMay Car Museum, one of the world's largest. They got like four stories of cars stacked up in that place. And finally, the countless hours I spent walking around the hood with my little four-legged buddy, Doogie. We explored it nearly every nook and cranny of our little piece of Tacoma. It was literally all there. And more. I lived in that house on B Street for almost 14 years, and I know there's still a ton I haven't seen. All this in a town that sprung up in the 1870s as a major player in the logging industry, as well as the development of the Northern Pacific Railroad. The town grew fast because of abundant natural resources as well as its strategic location at the southern end of the Puget Sound. But I think, uh, I think my affinity for Tacoma began almost subliminally during a tour in Seattle called the Underground City Tour. It was a favorite when friends from around the country would come visit the Pacific Northwest and my little piece of it for the first time. The tour's fun and it does a great job of telling the story of Seattle and even Tacoma. For many years, there was a fierce rivalry between Tacoma and Seattle. Who was going to win out in the contest to gain the growing shipping traffic in the area? The shipping lanes between Alaska and California were growing exponentially, and the area was becoming a popular stop-off spot. The fact is, Tacoma, at times, almost won out and became Seattle. Not in name, but in economic dominance. Until a colorful turn of events. A group of, uh, I'd call them creative thinkers in Seattle, decided that through aggressive taxation policies around a thriving new trade in the area, they would call that trade seamstresses. I guess all those sailors cruising through Elliott Bay had a great deal of sewing they needed done during their brief stop. And this sudden burst in taxation revenue, in the end, helped push Seattle over the hump. And the rest is history. But what I took from this story was that Tacoma was like this scrappy little brother. You know, big bro constantly elbowing him, slugging him in the arm, smacking him up alongside the head, kicking him when he's down, all when mom's not looking. But little bro, he never gave up. He was a determined little go-getter. And fast forward some hundred years or so, you have the place I got to experience. So... From late night walks with Doogie, to countless fun-filled boating days on the Sound, ski trips to Crystal Mountain, Baker Pass, Whistler, throw in a zipline tour while you're there for even more fun, all the way to another one of my favorites, a hot bowl of pho on a cold winter day at Pho Thai 38, Tacoma. Tacoma will always be home. Tacoma will always be me. So here I am, sitting in an RV, Billy tucked into his spot below the driver's seat, Doogie planted firmly on the co-pilot seat, 
I can't help but feel excited about what adventure is ahead, but I'm leaving a lot. And I'd be lying if I didn't admit to a tug at the heartstrings as we backed out of that driveway on B Street for the last time. But somehow I knew that there was just so much more in front of us. Who knows what the road holds? But one thing's for sure, we're ready for it. We're ready for life out there. Turns out, this thing called life comes with a lot of rules. Maybe it's time to break a few. Because you can. <laughs> no, seriously. You can.